do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier, wish it were better. Hello and welcome to season two, episode nine of our podcast series. The podcast that inspires and educates through the sharing of real life experiences. I am Sheila, your host, and with me today is Hajia Amina Samo, joining in remotely from Ghana. Hajia is a financial literacy campaigner. She was the director of projects and programs at the Ministry of Inner City and Zongo Development in Ghana. She is a project management professional with over 20 years of service experience and a chartered accountant and was once the branch and accounts manager at Cowbank Ghana. Hello, Hajia, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hello, Sheila, and thank you for having me. We are delighted to have you. So what will your favorite quotes be? Um, I guess I should have many, but one that just come to mind immediately is life is good. Leave it as simply as possible. And you would enjoy it. I mean, don't complicate life issues. Just, just be you. It doesn't matter whether you have it or not. I mean, nobody will know whether you ate, I always say nobody will know whether you ate Gary or you ate salad. The stomach is not a mirror. So be you, yeah. not every other person, be you. And then be confident in yourself that this is me and don't follow blindly. If right. it is for good, yes, but don't just follow blindly. Reflect, meditate. I mean, life, life should just be as it is. And all of us would would um, would enjoy it. So I just say, live life as simply as possible, as simply as you can. That would be my quote for this morning. Great, great. Please take us through your life as a child, education-wise, and all that. Good. Um, I I I often tell myself that. I mean, the horror stories that most successful people tell, fortunately, I don't have it. Okay. I had a good life. My family was not rich, but there wasn't a day where we said there was no food for us. I come from a very simple family. I come from a very large family, actually. Um, I have over 20 siblings. And uh, my father will tell you he's a, a driver and he's a very proud one. My mother is a teacher. So, and I have so many other mothers. My mother being a teacher meant that school was a must for all of us. But my mother also at a time, she's a trained teacher. She was teaching at Educrome Presby LA primary school then. She believed so much in the system that all her children will have to go through a Dukrom school. So yes, I was in the public school, normal LA primary school. Mm-hmm. I remember we used to wear blue and white because it's a Presbyterian school. Okay. And uh, so I was there from class one to class six, if I remember very well. The reason we had to be moved from that place to Anheath Academy was because the school was just opposite our house. And mom was there. What it then meant was that even if we want to drink water, we'll go home. 
Oh. And sometimes never come back. Oh. So that's, yes. And then since you are the madam's daughter, nobody will beat you up for it. Yeah. But dad was smart about it. He felt that if he left us there, it meant that we couldn't do much with our lives. So he yeah. moved us about four or five to say about four or five kilometers away from home. Okay. To do the middle school. Okay. Yeah, so that we wouldn't just be trooping into the house and not be serious. Yeah. So basically that is that. And then um, from there we wrote the common entrance and then went to the, uh, to the secondary school. So basically that is my basic education then I went to Chinbuakodia Secondary School in Kumo. Mm. And anybody who was in Kumo in the 70s and 80s will know that um, going to school in Kumo was, um, what do I say? Is Kumo in Kumasi? Is Kumo in Kumasi? No, Kumo is in Ashanti region, but okay. it's in the Setre East District or something. It's okay. in the Setre District. Okay. It's about 32 miles from Kumasi. Oh, okay. It's, it used to be a small town. Town, then. oh, okay. Yes, I understand the legend has it that it's the twin of Kumasi. Oh. But this one is Kumo. All right. So I went to Trinibuakodia Secondary School. And like I was saying, those times, we didn't have water, running water in the school, and oh. we didn't have lights. Wow. So for all the five years I spent in Trinbuakodia Secondary School, I didn't even understand the word siesta. Because siesta for me was being on the road to go and fetch water. Oh. Yes. So we normally will fetch water after classes. That is during the rainy season and okay. the dry season as well. The rainy season, I mean, you know that when it rains, there are so many streams that pop yeah. up. So yeah. we could get some around the school to fetch water yeah. and then use. But during the dry season, which was normally during the second term, trust me, you have to trek about three, four, five kilometers to get um, water, a bucket of water, and those times for yourself and for your school mom oh. or your school dad. So it means you had to go two times. Yeah. But again, this was a blessing in disguise because not everybody had the opportunity to go to secondary school in the first place. And here I was, I was in the secondary school and that was a plus. It was a feather in my cup. Yeah. Because I look at the environment where I come from, it wasn't many of us that were able to go to secondary school. So yeah. if whether I went to St. Louis or to yeah. Wegehe, those would have been the top for me. But even being in Chinbuakodia Secondary School, I still felt I was one of the privileged ones. What year are we talking about now? In what year was um, that? I'm talking about the late 80s. Oh, okay. About 87, yes. Yes, we didn't have water. Yes, we didn't have light. And like I was saying, in second term, it meant that form one, form two, and sometimes form three students yeah. will have to abandon class to even look for water for the pantry to cook for us yeah. to eat. Okay. Because they couldn't get water 
around anyway. Sometimes they have to go to a Fijasi, that is if the tanker is working, just to get water for the pantry. And it was a common sight for us to have breakfast at 1 p.m. and lunch at like 5, 6 p.m. And dinner, of course, will be after 10. But in all of it, it, was, it, was, um, it wasn't a complaining issue. No, okay. it wasn't a complaining issue. You were still far better off than a lot more people. Thank God we had to go through it and then we came out of it successfully. I, I thank God for that. How we managed to pass out of the school, I have no idea. But because this was a school where you hardly would find trained teachers committed to stay. Nobody wants to be trained in Agogo College or University of Cape Coast or University of uh, Winneber or something to come and stay in a place where they can get common water to drink yeah. or even to bathe. Yeah. So normally most of the subjects we didn't have teachers. And I always say that I started off, if I had gone to SS, trust me, I'm sure I would have cut my education earlier. I started off wanting to do science. And fortunately for me, the mothers I served did science, and they were very brilliant, and they were very good. But Chinubu Akodia was not cut for science at that time. Okay. Not because the school didn't have what it takes, but we didn't have the teachers to teach the science. So most brilliant students who took science then um, had to fail and had to go rewrite a lot of the papers. Quickly, I had to switch to subjects I could read on my own with or without a teacher wow. and i was i love calculations so then and i don't like reading that much so the next best choice was business and not arts mm -hmm. so i took business which means i had to do accounting i had to do economics management commerce and all those subjects not because i fancied them as a child no but because I needed to take a decision at a point in my life where I could go past O level and be able to go to A level. Because if I don't make the grades, then I will not get admission to do successful. Yeah. And wow. I think it paid off. It did pay off. So I went to form. I got TIA Madia Secondary School in Kumasi. That was a huge relief for me to come to the city again. But unfortunately for me, I was made a day student and I'm not used to being a day student. So the lower six was really a hassle. But um, in upper six, I went back to uh, the boarding house and that was when I found my bearings again and then had to write the A-level. I did A-level, I did accounting, economics, geography. So that was, that was my major. And uh, thank God again, um, that in, in that school, which was a huge contrast to Chunba Kodia Secondary School, because in this school, the teachers were just there in abundance. I mean, some subjects could have two or three lecture, wow. uh, teachers, yes. When in my old school, it was one teacher that was taking like four or five subjects and I mean, as a station and all that. Yeah. So I didn't have any excuse not to perform. 
I just needed to sit up and do what I had to do to pass. And again, my father wasn't going to take a failure for an answer any day, any time. Mm. And so I always would cast my, back, my mind back to the house. What, are, what story am I going to tell? And it's not like it was only you. Like I said, I have more than 20 siblings. Yeah. So people have done it before. You had no excuse not to do it. Exactly. So that, that is what pushed us on, myself and my siblings pushed us on. Everybody wanted to be something, in the, do something in their lives. So we moved on from there. Fortunately for me, again, I got good grades at SysForm, and then I moved on to uh, UCC, where, again, I read Become. And uh, again, I met some wonderful lecturers, some wonderful mates, wonderful students. But it all boils down to you and how you look at life. Like I said, live life simply and you fit into everything. Water without a form would flow into any hole that it, it has to. It doesn't need to get any shape to be able to move on. So I finished with um, UCC and then came back to Kumasi. My base has always been in Kumasi anyway. So came to Kumasi, started national service, started working, and then two, three years later, I had to do my master's at KNUST. I think we're the first batch of MBA students then in 2002. And then the lecturers were eager to teach us. So, I mean, successfully, almost all of us graduated after two years which was also a plus. Alongside that was when I was doing the ACCA. Wow. And uh, I had to, it wasn't easy passing ACC. So at a point I had to move to London to come and do with London College of Accountancy to come and do the final papers. And I'm now doing um, another course in project management. So I hope to be a project management um, no, I am a project management specialist now, but I'm still taking further courses in project financing just to consolidate it. Not, um, and basically, that's my education. Wow. Um, 2002, I think that was when I just gone into tech. So I also went to KNUST. But 2002, okay. that was when you're coming to do your master's. I was there. So I went into tech 2001, 2002. So September 2001 was when, so just when, getting, okay. was when I went into first year in tech. Wow. Oh, went, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Can I ask you, because I see that you, you worked at Cal Bank a little bit as a, a branch manager. Okay. Yeah. Cow Bank used to be my yes, bank I, when I was in Ghana. I, because it's the best bank you can find any day, anytime. Don't let's advertise for them, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I went to Bank I... for eight and a half years. Oh, okay. And it's, uh, it's, it's the best so far for me. But... Um, I always tell people that you can't work in Cal Bank and be dumb. Whether you like it or not, Cal Bank will train you. Yeah. So wow. when you work there and you are serious about your own career development, 
cow bank will train you. Mm. You just have to take the opportunity and run with it. Of course, nobody can learn for you. So some people will be there and not take advantage of it. Yeah. So as a branch manager so at Calban, did you have any challenges with the workers, the people who worked with you, those who took um, authorities from you and all that? Definitely. I mean, to say that there is a, a work without any challenge will be a fallacy. It's true. But uh, it's how you manage the challenges. That is where um, you... It's not about the action, it's about the reaction. As for the problems, you would have them, but how you perceive them, perceive them or how you handle them is what will make it a huge challenge or just one of the challenges that will come your way. So in all my work environment, I have always insisted that I won't be here forever. Anything can take me out. Um, resignation can take me out. Sickness can take me out. Uh, death can take me out. So I have never felt indispensable in any role I have played. I have always felt that um, even the, they say a stopped cock, a clock, the clock, yeah. the wall clock, clock. even a, a spoiled one is correct twice a day. Yeah. Which means that if it spoils when it was at 6 a.m., at 6 p.m., it is correct. If you yeah. look at the time, it yeah. will be correct. Yeah. So, um, the, as I was saying, I can. It's true. And, and where you expect to find answers from the, your, your immediate uh, subordinates or supervisors might not be where the answers will be coming from. You'll be surprised that the cleaner in the office will be the one to give you the idea. Yeah. So in every bit of my management, and I'll always say, and everybody knows this about me, the fact that the cleaner is one of the most important employees in the office. They are the only people that when they don't come to work, everybody knows that they are not there. Yeah. You, yeah. the manager, can go away for weeks. Nobody would even notice. The middle-level managers would be off. I mean the world will not notice, but let the cleaner be off and you, the manager, can't even work because you can't come and sit on a dirty furniture. You can't live yeah. in a dirty office. Yeah. You can't live in, in trash. Yeah. But who is the very person all of us don't even appreciate the least? Is the same cleaner. That's true. That's true. So for me... In spite of the challenges that people will talk about that, oh, it, it was difficult, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. I still believe that God gives me a way to go around it. I used to be a relationship manager in Kumasi. Okay. And in Kumasi, I realized that the customers are not the premium proper, Accra, uh, what do you call it? Everybody want to be up there in suits yeah. and jackets yeah, yeah. and uh, briefcase. The Kumasi environment was different. Yeah. The man you will see wearing jeans, tattered jeans and t-shirts is the man giving you the money. Yeah. And I remember some customers who say, don't come here with all this, your suits. People would think I owe the bank. 
<laughs> when wow. you go to see the market women, they will tell you. And so in such a situation, you will not see me getting into the market in a suit. Yeah. Or I'll go and see the customer over the weekend when I'm going to the market. Oh. Yes. So I would make it such that you, the customer, feel comfortable to tell me exactly what your issue is. Yeah. And it was very difficult for my customers to default. I could stand my grounds and tell you, you say you need 100,000. I will not give you, even though I had a, a target to meet and I'll be very happy to give you 100,000. But looking at your, and the accounting helped me, looking at your finances, I know that your cash flow will not support 100,000. I won't give you 100,000, regardless of what security you bring. And the people who fought with me initially eventually came to understand where I was coming from. So yeah. I had very good relationship with my customers and we float. Wow. You know. I read a few of your references on LinkedIn and they were all good. So I think two things came up at the top as a quality from you that you were down to earth, you were very relatable, you will not joke with your work and you you just like to keep your work like properly. Nobody works with you and can joke with it because you uh, just- Yeah, because like I, I said, um, I'll relate to the cleaner just as I'll relate to my manager because the first thing for me is that we are human. Yeah. I am a manager not because of any special quality I have. I'm a manager because of grace. Yeah. So I might have had opportunities that the next person didn't have. That doesn't mean that the person is useless, like I keep saying. But uh, I am a deadline person. If the deadline is four, it must be done by four. In spite of all the jokes and everything, if I have to sleep in the office to ensure that deadlines are met, I will do it. But it doesn't mean you should suck blood out of your employees to get things done. I'm sure when you do, every human being has a brain in their head, irrespective of how dumb they appear. When you are consistent with your principles, um, they tend to follow through with it. A lot more people will not like it. But um, again, there is a saying in Akan, which is there definitely will be a day in your life where you sit back and say, Hajia said it. Yeah. Or you will not tell me. You might not even tell anybody. But you tell yourself in the head. Same way I have people that I will recollect. But I am... I pray that majority of the people I recollect their memories in my life are for the best. Yeah. Because I would not intentionally hurt anyone. It won't happen. But unintentionally, because of your principles, because of your um, the way you want things done in a certain way, the way you would think that, you know, Sometimes in our work balance, if somebody is a director, they don't want you to address them the same way as the manager. Yeah. And they think that you shouldn't have asked the manager the suggestion that you asked instead of 
the director. So it should be the director coming down to the manager. I'm not really a fan of those huge hierarchies. I respect authority so much. But just as I respect authority above me, I also respect the same authority below me. And people who want to be seen as the ones to be able to do everything and anything and without them, nothing can be done, definitely wouldn't like my management style. But you would hardly come, you hardly find me arguing face-to-face with anybody. It won't happen. As much as possible, we'll find a way around it. But as to whether you were satisfied with the explanations because we didn't, uh, we didn't fight over it, it's also another thing. I can think for another person, but I can think for me, but I am certain that when I'm done with you, I am done with you, no ill manners, no. Yeah. Hacha, let's go back to education and let's talk about uh, the youth and, un- and unemployment. I think yeah. I, when, I was, when I was in Ghana, I think I heard of a group called the um, Unemployed Graduates Association. And I never liked it. Personally, I never, I don't, because I don't see why a graduate will go, you call yourself a graduate. You've been Mm -hmm. trained to do something for yourself. You finish and you Mm -hmm. can't find a job to do. And you'll be staying at Mm -hmm. home and then you go and join a group called Unemployed Graduates Association. And you are proud to be part of that group. I never liked it because I think that you should be able to use your brains to do something for yourself and not always sit down and wait for somebody to employ you. So okay. now let's come to the let, point let, where- Let me some... put it, uh-huh. please, please finish. Let's come to the point where somebody is willing to, be, um, um, to do something for themselves, but they don't know mm. where to start from. They have a business plan or a, a business proposal and all that. They need mm. some seed capital or something to mm. start with a small business and they have no idea where to go. They know that when they go to the banks, the things the banks will be asking for them from them, they cannot meet it. So they will not even think of going to the bank at all. And they don't have any relative to lend them money or any friend or anybody, but they know that they want to start a business. How can somebody like this go about with their dream and not have mm. a crash and join the mm. unemployed graduates association? Okay. So I just wanted to cut in and say, let me give you a nice one, which says, what if the president of the unemployed association gets employed? What then happens? The group collapses then. Okay. So why would you be in the place where the president himself is looking for a job and immediately he's employed, he's not unemployed. Yeah. Or whoever the, uh, the, the the people with the, that brain that brought up that idea yeah. came up with that if for some reason they all get employed then what what then happens to you yeah so why would you want to join anything that do not project you in a better light yeah. when it comes to graduate unemployment the thing I keep saying is I come from the zongo I'm a zongo girl why would an illiterate mother who sells cocoa or wachi or kosi or banana or whatever, or an illiterate father who pushes 
to ensure that their children have a better life than they have. Go to the best schools, even if it is not the best. Like I said, for me, every school is a school. It yeah. depends on your mind. Yeah. Even though if you go to the higher schools, your chances of progressing faster is, is higher. But those of us who didn't go to those so high, higher schools, God found a way to get us through. Yeah. Why would that illiterate mom or illiterate dad want a better life for you? You finish school and you come and tell that same person that you can't be employed. Yeah. What then is the benefit of your education? Yeah. The graduate unemployment, you were talking about if they want to start something. Anybody who is determined to start something will find a support. But nobody will give you money if they haven't seen commitments in you. Sometimes you don't need the bank. Sometimes you don't even need a family member. Sometimes even an outsider will do it. All you need to do is to be determined at what you want to do. What is it that me? I want to wake up every morning and be passionate about and be able to go and do it. Go to bed at night, sleep, only for me to be itching to wake up to go to it. That is what the youth who call themselves unemployed graduates have not found. Yeah. I still remember that in our time, people will finish form four and will not get anybody to sponsor them. Instead of them sitting at home, they'll go and find jobs to do, to earn an income, save some, and come to secondary school. So you go to secondary school and you have somebody who is five, 10 years older than you in your class. That is determination. Yeah. Sometimes it took people more than 30 years to complete a degree, but they eventually did it because they knew what they were looking for. Yeah. And I'll tell the unemployed graduates, and it's not the unemployed, I always tell the people in the communities yeah. that after JHS, as much as you can, if it is possible, go to the boarding house. The reason I talk about boarding house is that the boarding house gives us um, that military yeah, life training. Yeah. The, the regimen that would uh, follow us through every aspect of our lives. The fact that you have to wake up at a certain time, the fact that you have to eat at a certain time, the fact that you have to go to prep at a certain time, the fact that on a certain weekend, your bed must be clean and you yourself must be clean. The fact that everything will have to be arranged in a certain way in a boarding house. It's not something you can easily find at home, especially for those of us who come from the uh, deprived communities. So true. We are just in it forever and ever. And most of the time, it is some of these same people that will tell you they, don't, they can't find a job because they don't know how to obey rules. It's true. They don't know how to succumb to authority because they've not been taught in a formal setting. 
And so the person feels that asking him or her to come to work at seven and not close until five is a burden. And so they start misbehaving in the offices and they get sacked and they become unemployed. And if that happens to you in one organization and you don't change your setting, every other organization you go in, you will not fit in. So sometimes it is not unemployment. It is just our inability to fit into a certain culture that will give us employment. Yeah. Anybody who has finished university, if you ask me, can teach. Can teach in the basic schools. The basic schools are still looking for teachers. Yes, they will not pay you thousands over thousands of cities, but you still garner the experience. You will still have somewhere to wake up and go to. But they will tell you, I did banking and finance at the university. Why should I go and teach? So if the banks are not employing you, are you going to sit there for how many years before you think about the fact that you should have gained experience? And in Akan, they will say again, It's true. It is when you are in doing the donkey job, even like I'll go back again to the cleaner, the cleaner who is a cleaner and has SS certification and is diligent at his work and probably even taking some some private classes somewhere or reading books at any point in time. If the bank is looking for a cash boy, he is a better off option to be a cash boy and then uh, what develop him or herself to go up to become a teller, to go up to become a back office, something, that you can do it. If the bank is looking for an opportunity, a driver or a teller yeah. or something, they will first look at the people who work around. Yeah. They will not go into the archive CVs to go and look for you who brought your CV 45 years ago and then say, come and start with. Yeah. 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 And so avail yourself to the work that is nothing. Avail yourself to work that you see as nothing. Okay. I'll go back to the same watch seller. Your mother has been selling cocoa in the sugar rubber for years and is selling it for one city and is selling it to the people in the community. You are lucky you have gone to the university. Maybe you did home economics. Even if you didn't do home economics, didn't you do any subject called marketing? Yeah. Your mother learned it from her mother who learned it from her mother who learned it from her mother. Because they couldn't read, they didn't document anything. What is your use as a graduate? If you cannot document the processes that your mother goes through to prepare that sumptuous watch or that yeah. sumptuous cooker. So now use your education as a graduate. Look for one or two partners, your classmates. Come together. Think of how you can package your mother's cocoa or watching. How you can preserve it so that it, it, it can stay for a day or two. And you have social media at your fingertips. Yeah. Tell somebody I have the most sumptuous cocoa and yeah. tell me where you want it and I will deliver it. Yeah. 
immediately you want to do, you start, you will not get orders for 100. You get orders for one. Yeah. It might cost you more to deliver to that customer. But then the current graduate that, graduates that we have would think that, oh, you are buying cocoa for two cities and I have to take Okada to come there, another one city, and, or maybe another two cities. And then I come back and I, I come and I sell it to you at five cities. So I get only one city. No, this one will not work. But you have forgotten that today, it is one person that is ordering from that location. Depending on your human relationship and your success, after a month, it will not be after a day. Yeah. It might not even be after a month. It yeah. could be after a year. It's true. Then you would have 10 hundred orders from that location. And at that time, your one city will be 100 cities, but your transportation will still be two cities. But we are just looking straight at profits yeah. when we start businesses. But any big, any big organization will tell you that it takes between three to five years to break even. Wow. And when I mean break even, to even be able to cover your basic costs. Don't even talk about profit. But it takes somebody with tenacity, somebody with determination, and you to be able to stay three to five years. And people who have been able to go through three to five years have smiled at the end of the day. But majority of us without determination and passion drop off after a year or two, just when the breakthrough is coming. Coming. So that is that is that is the issue with entrepreneurship. And you are talking about money. The bank will not give you money because the bank is using other people's money. So you need to show passion to be able to get the bank's money. You don't save at the bank and you expect the bank to have what history to give you what. The Indians are making it because most of the Indian customers I had would not would would put everything in the bank if it is sales. That is something that Ghanaian businesses are not able to do. For as long as it is sales, even if it is 20 cities in a day, it will come to bank. Then they will take petty cash to take care of all other expenses. But for as long as it is sales, it will come to the bank. Wow. So at yeah. the end of the day, they are selling the same things as you, but the money they deposit at the bank is three, four, five times higher than the local one. Yeah. So every day, if they put in 100 cities, 100 cities, 100 cities, let me just give 30 cities. That is 3,000 cities. Yeah. But the Ghanaian would think that, oh, 100 cities, when I'm the bank. Yeah. And you know, they are too Ochna, and then something comes up in it, and then they take to purchase. Yeah. And at the end of the day, after a week, they go and put in 200 or 500 or 200, 300. But the Indian would consistently put money in the bank. So the bank deal with facts. You deal with turnovers. When the turnover comes, it will be that the Indian has done 3 million CDs in a month. Yeah. And you have done 100,000 in a month. And you think that the bank will give you and the Indian the same amount of attention? 
So that is, that is our sin. We do many businesses, but we like keeping the money at home because in our minds, the money is not enough. And that will still come back to the graduate unemployment, uh, whatever, who want to do something. They would think that, oh, because my money is not up to 100 cities, um, let me keep it when I get 100 yeah, plus. Yeah. Yes, maybe yeah. I'll feel shy that the yeah. tellers will say, yeah. your money is small. Don't think about the tellers. Don't, don't think about what anybody will say. Just make sure that every day whatever you sell if it is for sales goes to your bank so that at the end of the day even your bank statement yeah. becomes your your sales figure yeah straight away and wow. you have evidence to that yeah i always say that being good with life being uh doing something with your life all have to come from our mentality yeah. It has to come from our mentality. That that thing you said about the boarding house, I think it's so true because I went to yeah. JSS boarding at mm -hmm. Ola uh, okay. in Cape Coast. Cape Coast, yeah. Then I went to SS Holy Child boarding as well okay. in Cape Coast. Okay. And I can tell you, at the time when I was in JSS, I mm -hmm. could tell the difference between myself and my sisters. Yeah. And anytime I came home from the boarding house, my, yeah. my parents' house were clean, but I thought it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I was And scrub. you always brought in something new. Yeah. I would scrub everything that needed to be scrubbed. And yeah. I would clean every place that needed to be cleaned. So when I came home, yeah. my mother was excited because she knew that the house yeah. was going to be speak and span. Really? And I yeah. did my things a certain way that made my sisters think that I was a stuck up. Yeah. So growing up, they said, no, no, no. As for you, you are stuck up. And I, I wanted my things in, in order and they didn't have it then. But when they went to secondary school, they went to the boarding house and then they understood yeah. me better. They understood. But I see that I'm totally different from them in that sense. You know, yeah. putting things orderly, knowing what to do, what, when I start a project, I make sure I finish it no matter what, before I put it down. Things like that. Yeah. So the boarding yeah. house thing you said is so true. It's yeah. So, so true. I always tell people, I mean, as yourself, you see those seniors who amount to nothing giving you orders and you obey. Yeah. Because you dare not disobey. Yeah. So yeah. when you come home and your mother gives you instruction, I mean, quickly, because yeah. that person is just your senior, yeah. not your mother, but they will give you help. Yeah. And after going through this for a year, two years, three years, you come back a reformed person, unless you didn't stay there. It's true. And that is why I keep telling everybody, it is better to move away from the familiar environment and move outside. Most of the time when we have kids, we don't want them to go um, out of our reach. It's true. So you see parents saying that they can't do national service in the North. They cannot, they cannot go to secondary yeah. school in the north. Oh, he got a school, but it's in the eastern region. No. Let your child go. go. They would appreciate you and love you later in life for the opportunity you gave them to be away from you. And with a boarding house, I say that you go and experience that and still come back home. And so the parents, you have 
a chance to correct them if they are going wrong. Yeah. They will go back with your correction and come back again and you still have the opportunity to correct them before they enter the university where they will be on their own. Yeah. So where can our listeners connect with you? You can connect with me through my website, okay. www.aminasamo.com and um, on plus 233-55-886-8884 if the people want to talk or via WhatsApp. I think basically that. Great. We'd like to say a very big thank you for coming on podcast to Sheila. I think you shared a lot of things. For me, I think the one thing I took out of it for me is whatever sales you make, you make sure it goes to the bank. Whatever sales you make, once yeah. it is branded as sales, whatever you've sold, make sure it ends up in the bank and don't keep it and say it's small. So you are waiting for it to be a bigger one before you take it. But I think that um, anybody watching us who is unemployed, I think you shouldn't just be sitting down waiting for the job to find you, create your own job and let others also come and work for you. So I think that our listeners will be able to get a lot of things from today's podcast, especially with the unemployment, the youth unemployment and the undergraduate unemployment and all that. Thank you very much for coming on podcast to Sheila. And we're glad to have you on this show. If you've been listening, if this is season two, episode nine of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new podcast is released. We have a video presentation of this show on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to see us in pictures, just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. On this note, we would like to say a massive thank you to all our listeners from the 24 countries around the world. This show continues to grow stronger and stronger because of your support. Podcast with Sheila is aired on eight listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and YouTube. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this episode if you were inspired by it. Until we meet again in a fortnight, happy Easter. Thank you.